Amen. Well, let's do our confession. We'll start with that this evening. All right. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Amen. Yes. Give the Lord a hand, and you can all be seated. I think that this message came from that confession. My best days are right in front of me because that gets me excited every time. Amen. Anybody get excited when they say that? Our best days are ahead of us, not behind us. Amen. So I'm excited to be here. I just got to tell you, this doesn't have anything to do with my message, but Pastor Bill kind of starts with funny things sometimes, and this is funny now, but it was not funny at the time. I don't have a story to give you, so I'm going to give you a personal story. And it goes with this scripture, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that is so true, okay? Because our daughter, she wanted a dog. I mean, she has wanted a puppy for years. Every, I want a puppy. Can I get a puppy? And we're in agreement. I mean, I'm not anti-animal, but I don't want a dog, okay? Didn't want a dog. So we were in agreement. We're not getting a dog. So so I could say, well, you know, ask your dad, you know what I mean? Because I knew he was going to say no. <laughs> so... But this has gone on and on and on, and she's pretty smart. And so she writes this letter to her dad, why a dog would be good for our family. And she has researched what dog would be good for our family. You know, So she presents this letter to her dad, You know, because go ask your dad. You know what I mean? So she gives the letter to her dad, and he said, well, I'll, I'll pray about it. You know what I mean? And, or, is that what she said? You'll pray about it? Or if you, or, so then, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and he said, God will have to change his heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So he's sitting there. Well, God changed his heart, and we now have this puppy, okay? (laughs) So, yes, he's a little corgi. He's a cute little thing, short little leg. He's a cute little thing, and he's a savage little thing at the same time. He's like a toddler and a teenager. So, I mean, we got the best of both worlds in this dog. So, anyways, so he was, we don't want to wake the dog because he's a little grumpy if you wake him, you know what I mean? And he sleeps in our mudroom. Well, I woke up, and I needed to get a bottle of water, which was in my car. So, the mudroom is connected to the garage. So, I have my socks on. And I'm tiptoeing out not to wake up the dog. Don't flip on the light or anything. <laughs> what in the world? I mean, smleh. And I'm like, I love this dog. <laughs> so anyways, I'm so thankful for my daughter that she got the desires of her heart. So God is good. Amen. Okay, so I actually have a title, because I usually never know. I'm like, "Ah." but the title of this tonight is God Wants to Do a Brand New Thing. Okay, so it's called A Brand New Thing, all right? And I just think that song was awesome that we were singing, I will stand my ground, I will not back down, amen? We are not backing down ever, right? Okay, and we're going to start 
with, I think I'm not even on the, I got to flip back a few, I got a ton of notes here, people, all written out, all different versions. I was like, ooh, I better take some of this out because we're going to be here for a while. But, but once I started like going over the scriptures and it just got me excited and huh. all right, so we're going to start off in Exodus, okay? Um, and we're going to start with Exodus. First, I just want to read this one scripture to you real quick. Exodus 13, 21 and 22 says, And the Lord went before them. This is talking about, you know, Moses and the children of Israel. They had been in bondage, okay, to the Egyptians for like 400 and, what is it, 430 years. Okay, they had been in bondage for 430 years. And God said, I'm going to do a brand new thing, right? I'm going to get you out of here. And so it, they, we know what happened. They they had all the, all the stuff went before Pharaoh all these times. So finally, they're getting out. And it says, the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them the light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by now, fire by night from before the people. What an awesome miracle. You know what I mean? God let them see in, in daylight and see at nighttime. He was with them. And so... I just like, wow, that's pretty amazing. So then we go on, and we're going to read in chapter 14. Um, and it says that, so the Egyptians, okay, so they're, they're going out, and God's putting the, the cloud and the pillar, the light and the day, you know, ahead of them so they could do it. Well, then they had a little change of mind, right? So it says the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the seaside by I can't really say it. Pihareth, yes. Mm -hmm. Before Baal Zephron. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, so they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out for help. So we know God's doing this brand new thing, right? And so he's making a way for them to be able to see and to move forward, and then all of a sudden, What? All of the king's horses and chariots and all of his men are like right behind him, right on their tail, right? And so then if we read a little further, it says, And Moses said to the people, I'm just kind of skipping down to 13. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Okay, I'm going to skip another verse. We're going to go to, um, well, actually, we're just going to 15. It says, tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. What? Stretch out your, what? Okay, stretch out your hand over the sea and the sea's going to divide? What? I mean, this is like a huge miracle because you guys know a big, huge body of water, a big, huge sea. And, and he's saying, just lift up your hand, lift up your and, and I'm going to separate it for you. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. You're telling me God's going to split the sea so we can walk through it on dry ground? That is awesome. 
And we go to um, skip down to verse 23, and it says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were a wall on them to, to the right and the left. They walked through the sea on dry ground with a wall on both sides of them. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, all of his chariots, and all of the horsemen. And if we read down a little further, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand back over the sea, that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, on the chariots, and on the horsemen. And verse 28 says, Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all of the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. Not so much as one of them remained. The enemy had come up behind them. Okay, and they had this sea in front of them where they're supposed to be going forward, but how are you going to go forward when you have a big sea in front of you? Well, God says, I'm going to split that sea. You're going to walk through on dry ground. They're not going to make it. Okay, it says, but um, so the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians no more. Amen. Amen. So this, can you imagine if you were there, like, and that was happening how... Chris, can you believe? I mean, God split the sea, and we walked right through. There was a wall. on Water became a wall, and, the, and dry ground became in the middle of the sea. Like, that is so awesome. Can you imagine the excitement? God did an amazing miracle, how they would be talking about it. Well, guess what? We're going to flip over to Isaiah chapter 43, because this, this gets me excited. God is doing a brand new thing. Amen? Isaiah chapter 43, um, chapter 6, no, Isaiah 43, verse 16 says, and this is um, the Living Bible. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a path right through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses to lie beneath the waves, dead, their lives snuffed out like candle wicks. I did an amazing miracle. I split the seas. You know what I mean? I defeated that enemy that was coming up behind you. But forget all that. This is what this, okay, it's not up there, so I'll just read. I thought it was up there. No, it's okay. It's fine. It's not there. It said, um, this is the living Bible, okay? So this is the Bible that I'm telling you. But forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Amen? It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am going to do a brand new Thing. Everybody say brand new thing. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. For I'm going to do a brand new thing. See, I have already begun. God has already begun doing a brand new thing for you. He's the God of miracles. Amen. Do you see it? That's not me asking. That's the Bible because that's the version. Do you see it? I will make a road through the wilderness of the world for my people to go home and I'll create rivers for them in the desert rivers in the desert. Amen. God's going to do a brand new thing. That gets me excited because I'm like, whoa, that was an awesome miracle. You know, and I can imagine him talking about it, but God wasn't done. He's not done. He wants to do more miracles. He was still doing miracles for them. The message version of this says, don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. We have to be present right? 
And so, in order for God to do something brand new, we got to do a couple of things, okay? The first thing that we have to do is just what this says. We have to be present. We have to stop looking back, okay? God wants to do a new thing. Our best days are not behind us. You know, oh, the good old days, back 20 years ago when God was doing this. Well, today is a new day, and God is performing miracles for today, right? He wants to do a brand new thing. Philippians 3.13 says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward, press, you know what I mean? You're reaching and pressing with energy. I press toward the goal for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I'm putting all my energy into what's ahead, into pressing forward to what God has ahead of me. Amen? Hebrews 12.1 says, let us run with endurance and active persistence. I think this is the amplified version because I have, so I gave her like so many versions. It's not even funny, but I was just, I was reading them. I was like, oh, I like this one. Oh, no, I like this one. But then, so I think this is the amplified version, but let us run with endurance and active persistence. Did you see those words? Energy, persistence, the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us, looking away from what happened in the past, looking away what somebody did to me in the past, looking away about even miracles that happened in the past. We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus, our focus on Jesus with momentum. We're going forward because God is doing a brand new thing. He's doing miracles. Amen. He's already begun. He's already started it. And I just, I looked this up online because I am definitely not a runner, but I have heard, you know, if you're running that you probably shouldn't look back because, um, you know, if you're going running forward and you're going like this, either you're going to get off course or you're going to fall or you're going to lose momentum, right? So, and I, I thought that in my head and I looked it up and, and it definitely says runners should not look back while running. <laughs> And I'm going to, they want to keep their eyes straight ahead, right, towards the finish line. That's where eyes, our eyes are ahead of us. We're not looking back at things of the past. You know what I mean? I just thought that was so amazing because God did a miracle. He did great things for the children of Israel, but he wasn't done. He said, forget about that because I'm doing more, you know. So forget about the past. I'm doing more. Okay. Sorry, I got to go to my phone here, and I am phone challenged at times, but I had to take a picture of this because I took it off the internet and because we were out of ink, so I couldn't print it. But this is Bannister versus Landy, okay? So these are the, the first two people to break the four-minute mile, okay? And here it says, both men had broken the four-minute barrier previously that year. Bannister was the first to break the mark with a time of three minutes and 59 seconds. And then after that, a couple months later, um, John Landy became the new record holder with an official time of three minutes and 58 seconds. So both men in that same time, you know, just within a couple months of each other became the first two people to break the four-minute mile. It had been impossible up until that time, but they both did it. Well, it says the world was watching eagerly as both men approach the starting blocks because they're going to race against each other now. As 35,000 enthusiastic fans looked on, no one knew what would take place on that historic day. Um, it says, uh, oh, 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 okay, here we go. 
with only 90 yards to go in one of the world's most memorable races, John Landy glanced over his shoulder and looked behind him to check out his opponent's position. And at that instant, Bannister streaked by him to victory in a Commonwealth record with a new time of three minutes and 58 seconds. So they were like pretty much neck and neck, and all of a sudden he looked back to see what was going on with the person behind him or what was in, you know, what was going, and he got slowed down and he lost. So I just want to encourage you guys this evening, we're running a race, and when we run, we run with endurance, and we keep our eyes straight ahead, amen, because the past is the past, right, and today is a new day, so we, we don't want to be looking back. So we can, you know, I think that's awesome because we can look back at that as a miracle that happened, but not that, oh, that's the good old days. God is doing brand new things. He's the God of miracles, not the one miracle. Because even in Exodus, it says that God went on and he split, um, oh, I wrote this down. Pastor Sue would know this. I just went to the next couple pages, okay, of the, and it says he made the bitter water sweet by casting a tree into it. There were five min, million people. That's what it says because about, you know, however many men and then the women and the children. So there were about five million people that came out of Egypt, okay, plus all their livestock. They had no water. Well, God said cast a tree into the, into the waters because the water were, was bitter so they couldn't drink it, and it became good water. So he turned bitter water into good water by throwing a tree into it. Um, he provided fresh manna for 40 years for the people. Every day they were provided for. They weren't lacking in, in anything. Fresh manna protect, protected them from attack. The, the um, Amalekites like came up behind it, but, but then um, God said, Moses, strip, you know, lift up your rod. And so every time when he had his hand lifted up, the rod lifted up, then the Amalekites were defeated. And all of a sudden, you know, he lifted it up long enough, he defeated all the Amalekites just because Moses was lifting up his rod, his authority, right? So, and then we know he did, um, they needed water again. They were five million people and all these animals, they need water. God said, hit the rock. Well, they hit the rock and water came. And then we know the Ten Commandments came. Um, so that's a miracle. Ten Commandments came, you know, on a stone like God spoke to Moses. So I'm telling you, when God says, forget about it, forget about it because he's got bigger and better and more. He's doing a brand new thing. Amen. Haggai, Haggai, chapter 2, verse 9 in the NIV version. Just going to add one more version for you. It says, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I'll grant peace. In this place, I'll grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Your latter will be greater than your past. Amen. The best is yet to come. Amen. Our what you doing? You're giving me a look like. Haggai 2, verses uh, 2-9, in NIV version. In Exodus 2, we know that God says, I'm the great I, what? I'm the great I am. I'm the all-sufficient one. I'm not the great I was, right? He is the present God, amen? And, and in 2 Corinthians 3-17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, is there is freedom not where the spirit of the lord was there's freedom where the spirit of the lord is there's freedom amen we can't be looking back even if it's 
amazing miracles that God has done. That's not the good old days. Today's a new day. This is the best day, and tomorrow's the best day. Amen? God is doing great things. It's already begun. Just like we read from the scripture, it's already begun. Do you see it? Pastor Chris was talking, do you see it? Yes. Okay. Now, we, c- we don't want to look back at all the, the good things, right? I mean, we do. Like, you guys understand what I mean by that, right? It's not like, oh, that's it. Those aren't the good old days, right? <laughs> but we also, we also don't want to be looking back and getting all tripped up and stuck by looking back at our woulda, coulda, shoulda mistakes, regrets, right? So I just got a little clip for you, so you guys got to pay attention to this. It's kind of funny, okay? So. Back in 82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. Watch this. Ah! What the heck are you doing? That's what I'm talking about. I better go. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Well, coach would have put me in fourth quarter. We'd have been state champions, no doubt. No doubt in my mind. You better believe things would have been different. I'd have gone pro. In a heartbeat. I'd be making millions of dollars and living in a big old mansion somewhere. You know, soaking it up in a hot tub with my soulmate. Uh, okay. Kill. I reckon you know a lot about cyberspace. You, you ever come across anything like time travel? Easy. I've already looked into it for myself. Right on. Right on. <laughs> okay, so just a little funny clip, but... Thinking about and talking about the past keeps you trapped in the past. Amen? And God wants to do a brand new thing. And so um, the Bible says in Lamentations 3, and 23, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Every day is a brand new day, and every day his mercies are brand new for that day, and his grace is sufficient for that day. Um, in Isaiah chapter 60, it says, get out of bed. Oh, again, this is, a new, this is the message version. Just get out of bed, Jerusalem. Wake up. Put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen for you. The earth is wrapped in darkness, but God rises on you. His sunrise glory breaks over you. Amen? God has got good things in store for you. Amen? We cannot be looking back at past things, regrets, hurts, right? If you look at that was Uncle Rico, by the way. That's his name, Uncle Rico. He was saying, if, if Coach would have just put me in, if that wouldn't have happened, if they wouldn't have done that to me, if this wouldn't have happened. You know what I mean? Well, today is a brand new day. Amen? God has got good things. And 
you know, I was just thinking about Uncle Rico, you know, he's, oh, back then, you know, that just, just because that happened, then it changed my whole future, you know what I mean? And so in that area of his life, then he has a dry, barren land, you know, there's no fruit coming from that because he's back there stuck in the past, woulda, coulda, shoulda. But if we go back to our first scripture, it says, God is able to t- transform the desert areas, right? Because it says, I will put rivers, not a river, rivers in the desert, what you need. Because the desert, you know, I looked this up and I was, it was just taking different words for desert. And it says those areas that are dry, uncomfortable, desolate, where it seems like there is no way out. Because if you think about the desert, it's just sand and heat. And it just, you don't know which direction to go, Right. Um, desolate, where it seems like there's no way out, areas where there is no fruit. The living conditions are hostile. God says, I'll put rivers in those areas. Rivers in those areas, not a river. So rivers, we have rivers of refreshing, rivers of life, rivers of blessing, rivers of healing, rivers of strength, rivers of grace, rivers of comfort, rivers where you're going to have good fruit that comes, allow you to have good fruit. Amen? He's going to put rivers in the desert. So the past is the past. Amen? God's going to put rivers for you, everything that you need. And then if we look back at Uncle Rico again, if, man, coach, you know, if he just would have put me in. So he has all these bitter feelings. You know what I mean? And so if you want God to do a brand new thing, first, we have to stop looking back because our best days are straight ahead. Second, we have to choose to forgive. Amen? Choose to forgive. Maybe it's somebody that actually did something to you, like the coach didn't put Uncle Rico in and, you know, hurt his feelings, messed him up. You know what I mean? Just squelched them, you know. Maybe it's, maybe it's you. Maybe you've done some things you've messed up so many times, and you need to forgive yourself. Well, I just want to encourage you. Um, the Amplified Version of Matthew 6, 14, 15 says, the way that you forgive others, actually, this is my paraphrasing, the way you forgive others is how God forgives you. He says, um, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. God's about to do something brand new. And as I was like um, reading these scriptures and talking about the rivers, God's going to put rivers in the desert, right? Well, if you have bitterness and you have unforgiveness in your life, that's a dam, okay? And it blocks those rivers from flowing. So God wants rivers of healing to go through. And he can't do that healing if you are holding that or putting that bridge there, or not bridge, dam, <laughs> that dam that blocks the river, the healing from flowing, right? So you got to have forgiveness. The way that we forgive others is how God forgives us. And then First um, John chapter 1 verses 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. It doesn't matter if you, if you have messed up and messed up and messed up. If you confess your sins, God, I'm sorry, he's faithful and he's just to forgive you. It's a done deal. It's already happened. So we have to get rid of unforgiveness, get rid of bitterness. It's like a poison, Right? unforgiveness and bitterness is like a poison. And what happens is we, 
the person who's unforgiving is the one that's taking that poison, and it slowly is causing death on the inside, spiritual death. So we do not want to take that poison, amen? It doesn't hurt the other person. It, doesn't, it does not affect them at all. They probably don't even know that you're upset or, or offended or whatever. All it does is eat at you on the inside, and that poison just gets all throughout your system, and it's bleh, right? Um, and, and now I'm going to tell you, okay, there's studies. This is the Mayo Clinic, and I keep saying John Hopkins, okay? So scientific studies or medical studies say bitterness is one of the unhealthiest emotions there is. It doesn't change the past. It won't solve your problem. It doesn't make you feel better. In fact, people who hang on to grudges are more likely to develop depression and health conditions. Now, we know that from the word that that's, you know, it's a bitter pill, but that's medical, okay? It's not good. Let it go. God wants rivers of healing to go through your body, right? New life, amen? Matthew 5, 7 says, blessed. I have no idea what version this is, but actually I, pr- I do have it somewhere written down. Amplified, yes. <laughs> blessed, happy to, happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life and joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions. Blessed. You guys want to be Blessed. Favored, and people will be like, man, what, what, I want what they have. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Amen? When you forgive others, this is what mercy, okay? Withholding the punishment that is really deserved and giving good when it's undeserved. When you are merciful, you are going to be blessed. When you forgive, that opens that that opens that floodgate for God to come through and just flood your heart with peace, with joy, with new life, with good fruit, with all the good things that he has for you. Amen? And now here's another, because that was the Mayo Clinic and John Hopkins study on the bitterness and the unforgiveness. But it also says, and this is their study, it says that forgiveness, okay, leads to healthier relationships less anxiety, less stress, lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, stronger immune systems, lower risk of heart attack, calms, oh, a calm and a calm stress and helps rest. Amen. That's a, that's a medical study. It definitely has an effect on your body when you hold resentment and unforgiveness, whether it's towards other people or towards yourself. So let it go. Today's a new day. Amen. God's going to do a brand new thing in your life. Rivers of healing, rivers of refreshing, rivers of life, rivers of peace. Amen. Your best days are not behind you. Amen. Straight ahead. Um, Joyce Meyer. I love Joyce Meyer. She's on TV. She's a powerful speaker, like big time speaker. Okay. And she was abused by her father. Okay. But now she's a TV minister and she's powerful and she said forgiveness brings the forgiver peace of mind and frees them from the corrosive and I got to look these words up because I know what corrosive is but like rusty deteriorated you know you think of metal it looks all nasty and destroyed it frees them from corrosive anger it empowers them to recognize the pain they suffered without letting pain define them and it enables them to heal and move on When you forgive, it allows you to heal and you to move on. Amen? To move forward with your life, you go from pitiful 
to powerful. Amen? You guys want to be powerful? Walk in forgiveness. You want to be pitiful and miserable? Just hang on to it because we know it's, it's that, bitter, that bitter pill. God's about to do something brand new, but you're never going to see it if you're looking back and you're living or reliving your past. Amen? So I was going to call Morgan and have her record this because I'm, I have silly little thoughts sometimes, you know, but you see those commercials where, where if you take this medicine, it's the medicine to help this, but then you have all these si side effects, nausea, vomiting. Well, here we go. So taking offense can lead to unforgiveness, bitterness, chronic stress, depression, paranoid behavior, anxiety, skin breakouts, sleeplessness. In some cases, it has been shown to lead to increased risk of heart disease, diabetes, confusion, and every evil thing. Sounds like a pill that I don't want to take, okay? <laughs> and then if we read in Ephesians chapter 4, 29, verses 32. Did you have that? Yeah, in the Amplified Version. Listen, let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth about any other person or about yourself, okay? But only speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. Amen? Let no evil come out of your mouth about yourself or about anybody else. Amen? And then Colossians chapter 3, verses 2 says, set your mind and keep, this is the amplified version again, just so you know, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, okay, which have temporary value. Amen? Those things are going to change. We focus on the good things that never change, the thing we focus on Jesus, amen? We don't focus on temporary things. So here we go. In order for God to do a brand new thing in your life, one, you have to not look back. Keep your eyes straight ahead, amen? Two, you have to choose to walk in forgiveness. It's a choice. Nobody's going to force you to do it. It's a choice. But when you make that choice, it's very freeing, and it's, man, it's, it's good. And the third thing that you have to do, you have to see, okay? Like I said, do you see it? He's already begun to do a brand new thing. He's already begun. And if you think about it, it's winter now, right? But we know, because Morgan said, like on the announcements, that like 18 days or something, or, oh, I hope it's only 18 days. Come on, spring. But we know that spring is right around the corner, right? All this, we don't see things, what's going on under the earth, but all of a sudden it goes from cold and snowy and icy, and all of a sudden, sure enough, it starts being a little bit greener, and we, think, we see things starting to sprout. Amen? So I'm asking you, do you see it, what God has already started? Do you see it? You have to be able to see it. Um, it's, you have to be able to... And, be anticipating it. Are you anticipating spring? I am anticipating spring. So you have to be anticipating, looking forward. God is doing a brand new thing. He's making rivers, putting rivers in the desert for me. Amen. He's putting a highway for me to go on. Amen. I anticipate it. I see it. Amen. Proverbs um, 29, 18 message version says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they tend to what he reveals, they are blessed. 
I don't want you to be stumbling all over yourself. I don't want to be stumbling all over myself. You know, so I want to be able to see in the spirit what God is doing. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has good things for you and I to be doing. Amen? We are the hands and feet of Jesus on the earth. He has miracles that he wants to happen. Amen? And those miracles are in our hands. Amen? God wants to do a brand new thing. Amen? We have to begin to see Begin to see what God is doing. And um, in Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 2, this is just New King James Version. The very first verse says, Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none went in. Okay, so we know Jericho was a big, huge wall. But God said, see, exclamation point, I have given Jericho into your hand. Well, wait a minute. It's a secure wall. Nobody's going in and nobody's going out. He had to see it in his heart first. He had to see it in the, in the, through faith first. And then once he saw it, see, I'm doing a new thing. And once he saw it, then God began to, began to give him the instructions of what to do to march around. Amen. For those walls to fall. But he had to see it in here first. And then another example of that is if we go to, and I'm almost done here. I was on speed talk today. Okay, 1 Kings chapter 18. Okay, 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 okay. Hopefully that's, okay, yeah. This is 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 through, I don't know, we'll just see how it goes. It says, then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. Now, let me tell you the little backstory of this. There was a drought going on. There was no rain to be Nobody could see rain, okay? It was dry as dry could be. So in the natural, there was no rain. But Elijah said, go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of the abundance of rain. He had to see that in the spirit first, right? He had to call it forth. And then he said, so Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of of Carmel. Then he bowed down to the ground and put his face between his knees, and he said to his servant, go up now and look to the sea. So he went up and he looked, and he said, there's nothing. But he, he said, do it again. Do it again. Go look again. There's the sound of the abundance of rain. I see rain. Go look again. He did it seven times. And it says, then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea, the hand of God. Amen. Providing. Amen. So he said, go up, um, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. It hadn't rained yet, but he's saying, you better be prepared because it's going to rain. He saw rain. Amen. Go get your chariot and you better be prepared. Well, I'm telling you, you better be prepared because God is doing a brand and the rain came. God is doing a brand new thing. He has good things in store for you. I'm going to go back to the, to the scripture. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. That's today. And then tomorrow, it's to that day. Amen. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. I've already begun. Do you see it? Do you see it? Amen. We serve such an amazing God. I'm telling you, our best days are ahead of us. We serve a miracle-working God. We serve a God who is the God of the breakthrough. He's making, putting rivers in the desert of dry lands, refreshing, healing, power, anointing, Amen. Do you see it? 
Do you see it? Amen. He was like, pray about ending. And I was like, I'm going to have you come up and end for me. You know, the first step to a new beginning is having our spirit man be born again. So all across the room here tonight, if you're here and you say, that's me, I need to be born again. Maybe maybe you had uh, were living for the Lord at one point in your life, but you recognize you've gotten off track. Well, that's why you're here tonight. Let's get back on track with the good things that God has for you and uh, start a brand new day for you. All across the room tonight, if that's you, want to pray with you tonight. Book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved, rescued, delivered, healed. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we want to pray with you tonight all across the room. If that's you here tonight, say, uh, Dan, would you pray with me? My life is not right. So could you slip your hand up in the air and we'll pray together tonight. Be a brand new day for you. Anybody here tonight? Amen. Well, let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus. Thank you for your love for me. I receive your love. I have sinned. I've made mistakes. Tonight, Father, I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for removing the burden of sin off of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand up tonight. Amen. Give the Lord a hand. <laughs> Good word, amen? Amen. Hey, let's go out with a powerful confession, amen? All right, I'm going to grab this from your notes. Before we do this, why don't you pray for everybody? Amen. Let's all lift our hands tonight, amen? Well, Father, we love you. We worship you. We just lift up your wonderful name in this place this evening, Lord. I just thank you. You are so good, Lord. And I thank you for the great plan and purpose that you have for each person that's here right now. This, this evening, Lord, I thank you, Father, that their best days are ahead of them, Lord. I thank you, Father, that the enemy is defeated in their lives, Lord. I thank you that you've given us victory in every area of our lives, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that signs, wonders, and miracles are going to flow from the hands of people that are in here, Lord. I thank you for breakthrough. I thank you for a sound mind, Lord. I just thank you for vision, Lord, for what you're doing. Help us to have eyes to see, Lord, what you're doing. I thank you, Lord. Have your way. Thank you, Jesus. Be glorified in everything that we do, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go out with this confession and say, Father, you've done some awesome things, miracles, amazing things. But I thank you, Lord. You're doing a new thing. <laughs> it's a new day. Today's a new day. And my best days are straight ahead. I'm not looking back. I'm forgiving others. I'll forgive myself. You've already begun. You're doing a new thing. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord one more hand. Amen. God bless y'all. Have a wonderful week. See y'all Sunday morning.